Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Night Court. I'm Rob Fisher, alongside Brevin Knight. Um, Woohoo! Man, do we got some stuff to talk about. And we're not going to go back in the last week and a half of the Grizzlies. No, we, we, no need in doing all that. I think all we need to do is go back to last night. Here, I, want, I got something for you. All right, you ready for this? Here we go. Three seconds. Morant in the lane. Spins, hangs, floats. It's good! Zero's on the clock. Morant wins the game in his return. 25 games later, the Grizzlies have shown they are going to make a charge back into the Western Conference picture. What? Yes, he's back. What? Man, Brevin, we didn't get to work last night. First of all, hey, welcome, everyone. Welcome to Night Court. Glad you're with us. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, what what an unbelievable night. What a Hollywood scripted night for John Morant uh, to... What? <laughs> One dude. One dude makes it, it was it was three days ago, Brevin. I told you when the Grizzlies fall down by eight, it feels like the game's over. They were down twenty four in the game last night. And the thing that we at halftime we talked about was, well, the guys just got to get used to playing with them. It, it's there's going to be a different like in practice is one thing, but now you're in a game situation. Dez and Jaron were always the go to guys. How would that fit? And. Jesus, I didn't know it was going to take a 15-minute adjustment for them to then come out in the second half, and he went right to who we, what we've known him to be, which is he just turned on that attack mode light, and it was lights out for the New Orleans Pelicans. There, there's so much to tackle from this game and Jaws' return. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, there were, there were guys last night like Xavier Tillman, who probably had his best game of the season, um, a guy like Santi Aldama, who was put in a good position to knock down some shots, knocked him down. Zaire Williams put in a good position to knock down shots, knocked him down. Playing with a point guard you're comfortable with, have confidence in, know what he's capable of, know that he'll find you, that has to change you as a player as far as your confidence is concerned. Yeah, but also, it, let me tell you, when, when you are playing with – one of the greats in the game today, it makes your your job a lot easier. Sure. And so now you you literally just have to fall back into the role that you're you're comfortable with playing, and it just it gives everybody a spirit. I mean, we we weren't calling the game, but we just had a spirit that the team could win no matter what, and it was literally because he came back. And 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 I think that's that same feeling and spirit permeated throughout the team, throughout Grizz Nation, um, and. I mean, he, he, he was amazing in and of himself. But to me, the more amazing thing was, as you were saying, was how good everyone else became because he was out on the floor. Right. Defensively, that meant that the, the guys were not going to just be waiting for you to do something. They had to react to everything that John Morant did. And it was nice to see the balance of shots for this Grizzlies team in terms of we saw paint dominance again which is, has always been a calling card for this team. Uh, and, and so it, it was just his the influence that not just great players but great point guards have is, yes, they make you feel at ease because, yes, they can make those individual plays, but they also make the game so much easier for everyone else. And, and that's what he did last night. He just 
He made everything easy. He makes the game easier for coaching staffs also. <laughs> because the final play of the game is called 12. I mean, it, and, and to his credit, he said that. It was like, well, Jaron has a mismatch. Maybe we would go there, and they're like, fuck that. We take, we can give you the ball. <laughs> I mean, listen, <laughs> what do you mean? This is what, you, this is what you've done is a reason why we say call 12 in those situations. You've proven that you can come through for this team at, at those times. And, and it, that second half, if he would have struggled in the second half still trying to find his footing or like his wind wasn't there, I think everyone would be like, okay, it, it's fine to say, this other guy has it going because Jaron and Dez had fantastic second halves to go along with his second half. And so, but because he was in such a flow, it was a no-brainer on who was going to take that shot. I told you when when they called the timeout, I was like, shoot, we don't need to call a timeout. And Ja was upset they called the timeout. I was like, the man that has the ball is going to take the shot. And they're retreating defensively. It doesn't give him a chance to set up. Uh, and at the end of the day, even with them knowing coming out of timeout, He's gonna get the ball. He still couldn't stop him. It's what so I said. It, it's what makes him the upper echelon, cream of the crop, in the NBA. Yeah, he was un, he was unbelievable. And you know, I I think the exciting thing was, and you touched on it. You you wonder with him coming back, and you know, guys getting used to him. What Desmond and Jaron have had to do, uh, being the focal points of the offense and being the go-to guys, but being very effective at the same time. You know, how would it take away what they've been doing? And it didn't take away what they've been doing. I mean, the shots that they were getting were great shots, and, and they knocked them down and took them when they had them. And, and I, both finished over 20. Yeah, I thought the first half for Dez was more of an adjustment than it was for Jaron. Because I told you, and we were sitting there watching it, a couple of times he came off a couple of screens that were no doubt shots in the, in the previous games. And it was just a little bit of a hesitation with Ja being on the floor. But after the halftime, I think I said, I told you, it just took. Game minutes to get used to it. You can do practice, you can go, but it, game time is totally different than practice, shoot around, and, and it, just, it took that little bit of time to, to adjust, and boy, they came out in the second half, and he was great, but Jaron was great. Staying out of foul trouble for him is always going to be paramount because he's a mismatch, and I like that he still was aggressive. Knocked down a corner three, but he, made, he continued to make his moves to the basket. Double-digit free throws for him for another basketball game. And so to see those two stay aggressive uh, and then everyone else fit in, and I, I tell you this, we, we, I'm jumping the gun on it, but we haven't talked about him a lot. That damn Vince Williams Jr. just continues to, to, to sparkle in his opportunities, not just on the defensive end, but even on the offensive end with his shot selection of when he takes the threes or when he puts the ball on the floor, whether that's going to make a, a scoring move or a drive and kick. I thought the one issue he had in the past when they would put him in the game, he was so heavy on just standstill shoot threes. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty much all we saw from him on the offensive end. He's no longer just standing there. He's still standstill shooting threes. He's been fantastic. But we've seen him put the ball on the floor. And the defensive side, whoever he is guarding, i say it again, i say it over and over, he never stops touching them. When they're away from the ball, when they're coming up the court, just a little touch the arm, touch the side. To, just to be annoying to the to a offensive player, he has he solidified a position that we said had a lot of guys who were gonna get a chance at, at get having that position at that starting three. I think he's getting closer and closer to saying that's our starting three as the season goes along. If you put all the Grizzlies players up against the wall 
and and went down the line and said, "All right, who's who's the biggest shit talker on the team?" Uh, <laughs> last, last on that list, maybe Jacob Gilliard might be last. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we we talk maybe Gilliard because he's got to watch it. Um, Vince Williams would be that guy. He he play. I mean, he just he, it, it's like he's got a natural smile. You know, yes. I mean, he. When he's walking around, it looks like he's smiling. So you just don't expect him to be a guy that's going to talk trash. And he, he's given C.J. McCollum the business last night, down 20 at halftime. I mean, and I love it. <laughs> I gotta, it, was, it was literally like, okay. It, it, like when he did it, it was like, all right, well, I don't know if we should be doing it because we're getting our behinds kicked at that juncture. But you felt that way, and guess what? We got your back. We're going to feel that way too. And they came out of the half like, we got your back. You know what I, I love? The fact that it, because post-game, both games, against Phoenix when he was guarding Durant, mm-hmm. and they, they were at it all night. Post-game against Dallas, he yep. and Luca were at it at each other all yep. night. Both games he was asked about the conversations, and he said, oh, it's just competition. Would, wouldn't, wouldn't go into it. You know, wouldn't talk bad about the guy that he guarded. You know, gave them gave him total respect, and Durant gave him total respect. Luca gave him great respect at the end, even saying, "I think he's a great defender." Uh, and Lu- I mean, and Luca was trashing him <laughs> throughout the night. I thought that was awesome for Vince to not to not make a deal about something that you you're at the point of your career you don't need to be making a deal about it. He he's letting his game speak for itself. Yeah. He's not having to do it with a mouthpiece. He just goes out there, understands the assignment that he has, and takes that task and plays it to a T. He, he literally he, he does a good job, hands up, moves his feet well, hand touching the basketball. Do I show and get back? When my responsibility is I'm not showing, then I'm just locking down this guy. He focuses in on just locking down that guy. And like you said, it's, it's, it's one of those – they always say, like, quiet assassins. A lot of times that's for a guy that's making shots. Right. You use that. But for him, it's just he's a quiet assassin on the defensive side. Yeah. Where when you look at his numbers being the, being the primary defender on these main guys, their numbers are way below what their averages have been. And that was something that we, we were going to have to figure out who, would, who could replace what Dylan did against other teams in terms of slowing down their better players. We're finding a guy right now that that is that has found a way in a short time, a short span of time. Now. Real short. This isn't this isn't like we're talking about second year of him doing this. No, we're talking about within these games. When you say really the last ten games or so, yeah, where he has started to solidify himself as as, as a very good one on one defender. I mean, he has been put in the starting lineup because Desmond Bain was out with illness. Uh, And then he took Roddy's spot in the starting lineup in place of Marcus Smart, of course, and that's where he's at now. But even when Marcus Smart comes back, which could be Thursday, could be Saturday, hopefully, uh, that he'll be back, uh, Vince will go back to the bench. But he he has solidified his role as a rotation guy. Why does he have to go back to the bench? You put Marcus Smart on the bench? I'm. I'm just saying. I mean, what he gives well, you. The, I just he expect you, Marcus Smart to spot. He gives you the size and length. I'm not. It's. It's not a. It's not a. I'm not against. It's nothing against the Marcus Smart. I'm just saying. Yeah. But he gives you the size and length that you you need at that position. If not, you're looking at a starting lineup of Dez, Marcus Smart, and John Morant, who are all the same size, 
But who who's the guy you're gonna say run around and just stop this stop one guy all the time? I, I think he he is he's making it a lot harder than what we thought. That when you go and sit down in that room and say, okay, all right, uh, like it's it's not to say are you better than somebody. Too many times people when starting lines like, oh, so he's better than that. no. Sometimes it's just the right fit for that unit. And so and right and what we've seen from him. Without Ja being on the floor, it's like it's a right fit for what he does. Now Ja comes back to the game. If he can con- continue to consistently knock down these perimeter shots, consistently rebound at the rate that he rebounds, I think it just makes it hard to say to just be like, all right, yep, go back to the bench now. That's it. All right, maybe we should pause it and have this conversation off the air. But come on, dude, they ain't starting no Vince Williams over Marcus Smart. Man, listen, I, I like to talk <laughs> basketball. You right now, you I, talk. I understand the thing your, is, you talk names. You talk. We talk. We just talking names over yes. what's good for the team. But I'm saying what what has worked in this. It's again. It's nothing. Marcus Smart is going to come in, and he is going. He is a proven defender mm-hmm. at, at at his position. Uh, but what I'm saying, he has been a proven defender when he has been next to other guys of size. You understand what I'm saying? The other people on the floor were Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Al Horford, and you throw out uh, what other big that they had on the floor. He was the smallest of them. Now what I'm saying is you put him out there, you got three small. There's no other size next to him to say go guard another guy that's taller. But he was brought here to start. Who said that? Come on. I'm, I'm at, who said he's brought? Did, did, was that when they when they brought him in, did they say we bring him as a starter? No. I'm just, I'm just I, asking. Maybe, maybe I missed I missed something somewhere where he said that's what they brought him to do. And, and that's not to say that he won't come here and do that. If, and They'll put him in there, and the team can thrive and be just as good. I'm saying it's not just as cut and dry as it was maybe 10 games ago to say, man, when we hopefully when we get him back, this is what it'll be. That, that's all I'm saying. Bottom line is Vince Williams has made himself a rotation guy. And he's yes. been fantastic. It's it's been fun to watch him because his battles defend. Even Luca and KD both had big games, but it was like they had big games because they're superstars. No. I, I mean, so this, Vince this, made this, it difficult this, on them. Listen, what I'm about to tell you. Listen to this. I think the LA Clippers have four dudes that's going to be Hall of Famers at some point in time. Yeah. One of them, they said you got to go to the bench because it's better for our team. That's true. And they so they made that decision. Yeah. So what I'm saying to you is, why can't we sit here and say what may be the best decision for the team? And I'm not saying that's the decision, but if it gets made, it's not so much of a it's not so much of a, a up and arm situation that they made a decision and said, you know what, we need size on the floor at some position. Sure, I, no, he, I, I'm he, with he you, gives man. Us, he gives us size at that position that may help us win. The Clippers made that decision; they're winning games, and you think sometimes it's it's is a, for the betterment of the team. And again, I reiterate, I don't know what they're going to do. What I'm saying is, I don't think it's as just cut and dry as it comes back, okay, right into the starting line, yeah. let's go. I, I'd be I'd be shocked if it's not that way. That's all. I'd be shocked. Not saying it's even right, but I'd be shocked if it's not that way. Um It'll be nice to have. It'll be nice to have Marcus Smart back, not as a point guard. Yeah, it's heck yeah. It'll be nice to have him back. He's a winner. Yeah, <laughs> he's, day, he's shown that not playing exactly in terms of <laughs> how he was able to turn things around to help this team, give them the kick in the behind they needed to move forward. He's a winner. Like this team is only going to be better 
when he comes back in place, like in whatever the role is that he comes in place. And, 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 and so, yes, because he's a guy that if you want to, he's a guy that's made big shots, taking shots. He also gives you another post player that someone that can play with his back to the basket with us, with a defender because of his size and strength. On the defensive side, the voice that he has, the versatility of the positions that he can defend, yes, th this team will be nothing but better when he is healthy and, and able to be back on the floor. Yeah, be great to have him back. Now, uh, as Eric Hasseltine said in his call of the John Morant game winner, um, making a march after this. Whew, last night was exciting. Last night... <laughs> Last night has given everybody the hope of this being a playoff season. Um, they still have a long way to go. Yeah, I don't even. For me, it's you start with you every night. You have a realistic chance of winning every game. Yes. When that wasn't the that wasn't the reality of this team for yes. the first twenty five games. That was not a reality. Case in point, my thought of being down six in a game, you had no choice. Right, you <laughs> chance like, to come you back. Feel, it was like over. It's, right, it's hard for you to come back. <laughs> and so that that so the because of that, then yes, that gives everyone the right to start talking about yes, make a playoff push. But until they you string together more games, more wins, uh, do I would I start to talk about the playoffs? What what I do say is every night they step on the floor now the Grizzlies can win the basketball game. Yeah. And I don't care who they're playing. It, and it is strictly because he's come back to, a, to with the talent that he has individually, but what it will do for everyone else's morale. Like, that, this team's morale needed to be raised. And the, the morale went through the roof with him being back on the floor again. And then, and then the way it ended. I mean, it, it was... It was it was a perfect script, and and to see his teammates with him, and the excitement of the team, and hearing players even saying "We're back," that's what I just, what I just tell you. I mean, that's <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that's, it's just that's what great players. That was do. awesome. That's what it's what great players do for themselves, and what great players do for their team. It's yeah. what great players do for their cities. Yeah, it it changed what the city felt about the Grizzlies. Yeah, and. and and just with him back on the floor. I mean, look, the, the, the feeling that we had, the feeling we had sitting there watching it, being down that much, but in the second half, like, well, they down, but job playing. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't over. Yeah, and then when he comes out of the game, you and I are sitting there going, get him back in, get him back in. Yeah, man, listen, <laughs> get, your, get your oxygen. <laughs> get your oxygen. <laughs> do whatever you need because the, the thing is, you just don't want it to, you don't want it to get so far out of touch that you have to have these – he has to continue to have the heroic play to in order for it now to get back in the game. Yeah. That, that's the only thing you don't want to happen, and that's why it's paramount that Jaron stays out of foul trouble because when Ja goes to the bench between Jaron and Dez again, it'll be right back to the, 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 the team is on your shoulders again. And the good part is you guys have been through it. So it doesn't have to be something that's all of a sudden new that right. he's out and now you guys – no, it doesn't have to be an experiment. You, we know exactly what those two players can do. They have both stepped their games up to another level this season, and I don't see that changing because the guy that came back is not asking them to change. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is the perfect he, – he doesn't want them to be any different. He himself wants to figure out how do I 
now coexist with what you guys are doing on the floor now. Right. That that's his that's his mindset. So you know what that does? That makes them want to go out and play just as well, play just as hard, produce just as well, but also there to be a support for him. I think one of the 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 great things that that coach Jenkins is able to do since he's been the head coach of the Grizzlies is this team truly takes a game at a time mindset. And I think where the Grizzlies are situationed at right now, there is no looking ahead. There, there is no, well, if we can just do this or do that. It, it's all about let's win, let's go after every game one at a time. And I think the players have taken that mindset under Coach Jenkins, which I think is a great quality because that's the mindset they have to have this season because y- you can't win four games in one night. Yes, And, and it's hard in the NBA – a good week would be two and one. Well, the teams you're trying to catch, and let's say they have a bad week and they're one and two. Well, you only gain one game. So, I mean, you're talking about patience and time if you're going to make a run, which makes it difficult, but I think this team has the mindset to do that. And the other thing is you you don't want to put pressure to say, oh, we got, okay. Must win. This game, we got to win. No, it's like, let's, let's go through the process. Let's play good basketball, and the outcomes will be what they should be. Yeah. And what they did in the second half, you saw them play – better basketball in the second half of that game. It was just a better cohesion of what they were trying to get done, how they were going to get it done. And everyone just fell into, okay, whether it's taking a shot, whether it's making a defensive play, whether it's throwing the ball ahead, whether it's setting a good screen, rolling correctly so a defender has to help, that allows to know what pass we saw a lot again that we have seen a lot. We saw the skip pass again. Mm-hmm. And he is fantastic at the skip pass because you got to react to him going to score. You know, you got to react to a, a dry, uh, someone going to the basket. We saw four lobs in four one game. Four lobs in one game. Four lobs in one game. We might have four. I don't know if we have four lobs the entire first I know 25. of one. I know of one in the first 25. It was Zaire from Santee or well, Roddy, Santee was, was, that, was Roddy on a fast break. Yes, it was a fast break. Yeah. Right. When, they, when the ball never touched the floor, right. and they threw it and they. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, so, it, so be, that presence. Opened up another part on the offensive end for them to use, and so I, I, it, it's, it's a process for them to go 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 about. Uh, but it, I promise you, it's nice to have John Morant being a part of that process. John now uh, in his career has six game winners, six game winners. Well, and the one that 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 play it wasn't the same, but the one that it brought to mind to me was in Charlotte. Uh, uh, that was the one that came yes. to mind when he when that when the ball went in. I immediately went back to that play uh, when he when he made that basket at Charlotte, and it was just like, man, here we go again. Came to me the one in Phoenix too. He yes. was a little more left of the basket, but he, he the way he hung in the air and, yes. and, and got it to yes. go. Um, speaking of the one in Phoenix, can I play this for you? Yeah, yeah. This is a Jaws uh, game winner in Phoenix. Bain will trigger on the near sideline. Bain. Gets it to Jaw. Jaw drives into the paint. Jaw off the glass and in. Jaw Morant hesitates in the air. Gets it to go with .5 left. And the Grizzlies are on top, 114 to 113. Jaw Morant with the basket. He's got 33 and none bigger than that one. That's me on the call. I did that game. I didn't. I didn't know we were doing self promotion on the show. Yeah, today. every chance I get uh, that I can play my play by play clips, I'm gonna do it, man. That was awesome. I got to do a game. Eric Hasseltine got COVID, <laughs> so I had to fill in on the radio, and I got to do a jaw game winner, which was awesome. Like I said, we we we, we ain't doing all this damn self promotion. <laughs>
on night court. You want you want your, you want so you go do fish in a bowl or something. Can, can, can I promote on my podcast <laughs> while we're at it? You want to do it on fish in a bowl? You got it. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, you brought up the Charlotte one, which was great. Two the two that are linked, I think, and and very similar. The Charlotte one, it was his. Was it his first game back in Charlotte? His first game back at home, right? So a lot of family and everything. Yep. He makes the shot. He ends up over on the sideline where his dad, dad is, is right there, That's... and they have a big celebration yes. together. Yep. Last night he makes the shot. Uh, his first game back from a twenty-five game suspension. Emotional game, obviously. He makes the shot. The team mobs him, and right there's his father, and he embraces him again. That. That was a cool moment. Gave me chills even kind of talking about it a little bit. Uh, both of those were big moments for Ja and emotional moments for Ja. And for him to have his dad right there was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And, and he's talked about it's been his family and his close friends that have yeah. continued to help him through this process, which was in no no shape or form was an easy one. So uh, only right that as it, as it happens that it's his dad and his closest friends that were right there again to embrace him for, for everything that, that he's had to endure during that time, not being in a place that he calls his sanctuary. Uh, it, it was just, as you said, it was a Hollywood script that we got to watch in real life. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's look at a couple of other teams. What do you say? All right. Uh, first of all, New Orleans. I asked you in the second quarter, has Zion played tonight? Apparently had a little foul trouble in the game. But, uh, the thing we we've talked we talk about it on air, I think he is he is dominant at what what he does in terms of physically if he can jump over the top of you, but he's very one dimensional. We, we we talked about it in the game we played against him like if if you just stop him from scoring at the front of the rim, shooting layups, bullying you, not allowing him to get into the penalty, fouling him too much, I don't know what else he does on the court. I I haven't seen this. It's it's no knock on what is is good. He's he's. He is he is physically as opposing of a player that you're going to have to try to defend and stop. But everything he does is in the defensive restricted area. And so it, it last in that game, the Grizzlies did a good job of not allowing him to dominate the defensive restricted area. And so it, so he was just he was a non-factor uh, in that way. How good are they? I, I, I still they think, seem they seem like they have a ceiling. I, they, I think, you know why they have a ceiling? They don't have a point guard that they play on a regular basis. I'm, 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 uh, I know I'm, I'm biased towards the point guard thing, but I'm going to continue to harp on it. When you don't have a guy who is a true point guard, whose mindset is, I can get mine, but how do I also make the game better for others? It makes it hard on guys. They have to create themselves. C.J. McCollum is not a point guard. Right. I am not. He is very bright. He is very smart. He is a scorer. What makes him good is... Give me the basketball and watch me put it in a hole. But when you got to figure out, okay, how do I get Zion the ball? How does Valanciunas, when I come off of the screen, how do I bounce to Valanciunas so he either gets a quick dunk or do I throw it a lob that's right at the rim or do I give him his little short shot? How do I involve uh, Brandon Ingram that's more than Brandon Ingram having to just – now, that's a talent in and of himself. Yeah. And Brandon, that he doesn't have to just create everything off the dribble. That's where a point guard comes in to make those things better. Alvarado is there, but they don't play him in that fashion to be the guy to run the team that way. And so until they until they find someone that they can put in that role, then I think they're going to be a team that can be really, really good 
Or they can just be a regular basketball yeah. team. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder. Good. They're good, aren't they? Chet Holmgren's good. Good. He's, <laughs> he, he's, he is. His timing is good. No, I, I thought physically he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be able to do it. But it, his his frame doesn't stop him from being the dominant player on the floor, mm-hmm. uh, and they do a good job of and watching him. They do a good job of putting him on the right people, allowing them to be a second size shot block. Sort of how we play Jaron, the same way. I don't really want you to guard the main guy too much because now you really can't help on other people. Um, and but they're they're a team that has they have length. But they're not a big basketball team. Like I thought that they were a bigger team than what they are. Yeah. And they they go and play small lines. It's gonna be SGA is gonna have to continue to be special as as we have mm. as we have a special guard. They have a a, a special guard in, in in him. This gonna relying on on can they make enough perimeter shots also to be able to win big games? Do they have enough guys that can take? and make big shots in big moments. The Dylan Brooks game in FedEx Forum came as a member of the Houston Rockets. What a game for DB that he had. I mean, that was, that was, that, what, a, what a perfect game for him. He got the video tribute, got a great ovation from the crowd, um, and then he goes out and just hits the dagger to beat him and, and has a monster second half. Hey, he, had, he, had he was great. great. I, to the day he stops playing, I'm going to forever be a Dylan Brooks fan. Uh, I, I think in terms of, a guy you want on your team that uh, it will bring it every night. That's what I say for him. There wasn't a night that he played for this team that you said he didn't bring it. Right. And most nights he's going to be there. He's going to be available for you to play. Now, where there's some shortcomings and things that could have been better, of course. But the, I, 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 will, I will go to my grave saying that I'm a Dylan Brooks fan. I love the stat of Dylan. His rookie season as a Grizzly, he was the only player on the team to play all 82 games. Uh, and, and for him... And he knew he was available all right. 82. In this day and age, I think his goal is to play all 82 every year. Yeah. That is not the goal of, of the majority of the No, hell no. Uh, coming up for the Grizzlies, the Indiana Pacers. Track me. Track me. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, the new superstar of the NBA, uh, has been crowned. And uh, the good team. He's a very good team, very talented player. Listen, when you when you when you have your team playing as well as they they play before uh, the play, now they they've hit a little bit of a, a snag here since the 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 uh, in season tournament. Uh, uh, but in, in terms of how good he is and what he's able to do on the floor, he is he is a wizard with the basketball. He has that awkward shot, but figures out how to get it off. And they run. Now they don't do a lot of defending, but we want. You want to talk about defensive transition. If you do not, when that ball goes through the basket, if you do not get on your horse and run back, they will be scoring before you cross half court. That's how hard their guys run. Yeah. And then uh, at Atlanta on Saturday. I don't know much about Atlanta. I, I, Atlanta's one of those teams who just, I mean, listen, Trey Young's talent is, is I mean, there's no denying it. We know how good he is. I, I just, what's the identity of their team? I think they've just been, they've been a, a non-identity team for all this time. Aside from the year where they put everybody in the All-Star game and they won the 60 games or whatever they did, outside of that, they, they're they a team that you say they can be dangerous, but they also can be beat. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, yeah, and then we go back to the Pelicans uh, after the day after Christmas. It's Christmas. We want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Hopefully everyone has an opportunity to get – Family all together, enjoy it. 
watch some Grizzlies basketball games and, and enjoy that. The, the joy is back again. The swagger is back again. I can't believe we weren't on the call for last night's game. Man. The hell with this TNT thing. No hey, kidding. I'm so tired of this. That was my walk-off. That was your walk-off. That was my yell. I'm supposed to be yelling on... on oh, oh, and imagine like, the camera on you and Pete oh, after that happens. Oh, my oh, God. man. Petey's whole uh, left... Listen, right arm. <laughs> right arm would be all bruised up today. Yeah. Oh, well, that's too bad. Well, we'll be back... Thursday night against the Indiana Pacers, and uh, I don't even know when the next uh, national TV game is. So we'll be back uh, for the foreseeable future. I believe. Well, the, the, here's the bad part: now that he's back, all of a sudden they'll they'll be interested in us again nationally, yeah. and so they'll come calling to take some games away, and we'll have to sit up in the stands and just be fans again. But and oh, here's my other thing: they better stop putting me on media row. Yeah. When, when I don't call the games. Because they say there's some level of decorum that you're supposed to have, like, don't cheer. Yeah. To hell with that. Yeah. I was cheering the whole damn game. And if they make me sit there again, I'm going to cheer again. So all you writers or people, whoever sits up there, don't shoot me no bad looks like, oh, what are you doing? You're damn right, I'm cheering. I love the Grizzlies. <laughs> Go Grizz. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Night Court. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Make sure you uh, check it out. Uh, each edition, each episode, wherever you get your podcasts and uh, subscribe and uh, rate. and you can, you can even leave comments that uh, we can answer here on the program. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. Ja is back. He's back. He's back. Yay! All right, that'll do it for us for BK. I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us here on Night Court. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.